Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are in the world right now. I'm Alexander Glover, your host of this podcast. Now, I say this podcast because I'm actually going through contemplation as to whether I change the name. Um, I've been wanting to change it for a while now. So, for the meantime, 21 Days to Vegan. However, in the future, might be something different. So, be ready for that. Today's topic is... Dairy is scary. Why dairy should not be considered a food choice for anyone. Why the farming practices of dairy are so cruel, torturous, and essentially scary, in quotation marks, which you can't see. And why the health benefits are a complete myth, and why they should actually be called health detriments. Cool, so let's get into it. First and foremost, I have a question. Do you moo throughout the day. And I ask this to anyone who tries to have a debate with me about dairy. So go on, ask yourself, do you moo throughout the day? If you don't, it's not your mum, it's not your milk. If you don't moo, you're not a baby cow. Therefore, why are you drinking the milk from a bovine species? I mean, I say this all the time, but if I was to go up to a lactating woman, as in a human being, homo sapien, and asked her for some breast milk, most people would think that is utterly disgusting. Or if I was having a child with that said woman, right, and asked her to uh, give me some of her breast milk, again, people would be like, what on earth are you doing? Yet we think it's normal to do that to a cow. Okay, so let's get started. How do we even get milk? Well, firstly... Dairy cows are raped by humans, by artificial insemination, or by a bull placing them in a holder. And yes, I say raped and stand by that exact word because it is against their will to be artificially inseminated by a human being. Now, that human shoves their hand up their ass to put that little gun into their uterus to get into their egg and fertilize it. Not to mention they've been masturbating that bull to get the semen. So it's rape on both accounts, okay? It's not just the female cow um, in this situation. Secondly, once a cow gives birth, the calf is immediately stolen from it. Can you imagine the pain, emotional distress and trauma that that would create? If it is a male baby, it is raised for veal, and if it's a female, well, it goes back into the dairy industry production and the eventual slaughter, as all dairy cows do. Um, Essentially, they're holding this child for nine months, right? And it gives birth. The moment that calf comes out of the cow, it is picked up and stolen by human intervention. Now, cows have a maternal drive, and when their baby is taken from them, they engage in what is called pining for days or weeks. And this is when they cry out for their baby out of desperation, confusion, and sadness. And there have been copious cases of cows falling into deep, deep depressions to the point where they won't even eat, they won't even socialize, and they won't do any normal functions of a cow because they're in so much distress that their baby has been stolen from them. Now, in Australia, the recommended way to kill weak newborn calves is with blunt force trauma to the head. That is, in a nice way of putting it, sledgehammering them to death. 
Every year, thousands of calves are killed in this manner with blunt instruments such as hammers. And horrifyingly, you can find a PDF of instructions of how to do this on the Dairy Australia website. Now, we haven't even really got into the milking part yet. This is just how we create milk. I mean, I know a lot of people think, oh yeah, milk just comes from cows. But no, milk comes from cows the same way milk comes from a female homo sapien, okay? They need to be impregnated. They need to be getting their body ready to feed their young. So, now that the female cow has had its pregnancy, of course, the cow needs to be milked. But due to genetic breeding, they produce mass amounts of milk that would otherwise be extremely unnatural. Now, I don't know if you've ever walked past a dairy field or even visited a dairy farm, okay? And on the rare occasion, it's the dairy farm where they're grazing outside and not stuck in um, an industrialized warehouse. But their udders are huge and they get so swollen, veiny, and just tender. Now, this selective breeding results in this oversized udder, uh, which is why most dairy cows face mastitis, a painful inflammation and infection of the udders regularly. Not to mention they are constantly cut, bruised and sore from being hooked up to a machine that milks them. And more often than not, a lot of these cows have huge ulcers and, well, this mastitis infection is just seeping pus, pus, blood. And I'll get to the bit a little bit further down about how there's pus in the milk that you're actually drinking, okay? But let me keep going. So cows are repeatedly kept impregnated for their entire short-lived lives to keep them lactating. Otherwise, they would eventually stop producing milk since it's intended for their young until weaning, right? This leads to premature aging, exhaustion, and mastitis, as mentioned earlier. After about four to five years of being a milk machine, these cows collapse and are referred to as downers in the industry. Okay, so can you imagine being forced through this routine of constantly being impregnated, constantly having your child ripped and stolen from you, then hooked up to a machine to produce milk, which was meant for your young, over and over again. Because look, if you're not impregnated, well, you don't produce milk. So you're constantly pregnant, constantly losing your child. It's unbelievable. At this point, they are then removed by any means possible to bring them to a slaughterhouse to be turned into beef. But even if they are still standing, right, after this four to five year period, they'll be sent to slaughter anyway since their milk production naturally declines. And at this time, they're again deemed unfit because they're not yielding enough milk for the disgusting industry that is dairy. Not to mention, a normal lifespan for a cow in the wild is about 20 years and sometimes even older. It's important to note that the dairy industry is inextricably connected to the meat industry and there's literally not one good reason to support either of them. I mean I hear time and time again that um, the dairy industry doesn't cause any pain or horrific damage, it is, is not involved in the abuse, murder and torture of sentient beings but in actual fact it's directly linked to all of these things because of what I've just mentioned. Now, when dairy cows are considered spent, they are prepared for slaughter, which is often at a different location. So they are piled into trucks where most of them see glimmers of sunlight for the first time through metal cracks. 
That is given that they were dairy cows that spent their lifetime in industrial warehouses. But get this, under the Australian Animal Welfare Standards and Guidelines for the land transport, the, the land transport of livestock, the maximum time off water is 48 hours for cattle over the age of six months. So it is common for livestock to die during transport whether it be from dehydration, extreme temperatures, or health conditions they previously contracted from their living conditions. And to hold them off food is 36 hours. So after they have forced through the doors of the factory plant, they are sometimes met with a bolt gun to the temple, which has been proven an ineffective method of stunning by animal experts. After this, they are shackled upside down and have their throats slit by a slaughterhouse worker who may cut them in a way that could cause a brutal bleed out where they are still completely conscious due to the ineffective stunning methods. And then they hung upside down to bleed out. So humane meat does not exist. And these dairy cows are typically killed in their seventh year. And I just mentioned that they live usually to 20. So there is a lot of psychological implications that come along with uh, dairy farming. Um, and it is almost considered more cruel than the meat industry alone due to these psychological, sexual and physical abuse issues that occur prior to slaughter. Okay, so that is essentially the chronological run-through, if you will, of dairy cow production, dairy production. So it is very, very clear to see why dairy is scary. There's not, not one nice thing about dairy. I mean, those pictures that you see of nice little cows in the meadows, that doesn't exist. I mean, yes, you might see cows in the meadow that are dairy cows that are grazing on grass, but that doesn't mean they're sent to play beach volleyball with each other. No, they're still destined to the same life of complete and utter turmoil. They just get to live their life outside, okay? And that is in no way, shape or form an appropriate method to justify the means in which they go through. Now, Moving on, okay, imagine that you don't care about all of that which I've just mentioned because you're, I don't know, an unethical, selfish, egotistical human, if you will. In January 2020, okay, some Coles home brand milk was pulled from the shelves for containing too much poo. <laughs> yes, not just some poo, but too much, meaning that it's legally okay for milk to regularly contain a certain level of shit. That's not all you have to worry about. Because of the continuous pregnancies and excessive milking, many cows, dairy cows, suffer from mastitis, like I mentioned earlier. As well as being painful for the cows, this means that there is blood and pus in their milk. Now get this. In the USA, the FDA allows 750 million pus cells in every litre of milk. In Europe, the regulators allow 400 million pus cells per litre. But in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, there is no limit on how much pus is allowable. And there have been considerable levels of pus found in um, random case studies of milk cartons. So you're pretty much guaranteed to be drinking pus in every single drop of milk that you're having in Australia. Well, around the world. So I digress. Now, you wouldn't drink the breast milk. This is what I always say to people. If I offered you chimpanzee milk, would you drink it? Nine times out of 10, people say no. I get the one out of 10 person going, oh yeah, I'd drink it. But I feel like they're just being a smart ass. But they don't drink it. And I go, why? They're closer to a primate than a cow to us. But it's just because we've been so culturally conditioned to thinking that cow's milk is normal for a human to drink. 
So why is it considered normal to drink milk that comes from a nipple of a cow? Another. It's unbelievable. So think about that as well. Just because we have been told that it's right through absolutely beautifully curated marketing campaigns that took the world by storm. That's the only reason, okay? Now let's get into some uh, health detriments as to why dairy is in fact very, very scary. Now, prostate cancer. Dairy puts you at an increased risk for heart disease and certain cancers, most significantly prostate and breast cancer. Just a half a serve of high-fat dairy products a day can increase the risk of breast cancer significantly. There is a reason why so many adults are lactose intolerant. Our bodies just are not meant to digest milk past infancy, especially the milk of another damn species. More and more studies are also showing that not only is there no link between consuming dairy and stronger bones, but that countries with the highest dairy consumption also have the highest rates of osteoporosis. Like, the facts are there, people. I mean, there is more lactose intolerances than peanut allergies now. Lactose intolerances are the highest intolerances in the human species. Doesn't that just say something to you? Like, we are not meant to eat dairy. And try and think about the ha like how many of your friends and family go, oh, no, I can't eat dairy. But on an occasion, I'll have it, even though it makes me get all bloated and have diarrhea and a sore tummy and whatever it may be. So, again... Higher rates of osteoporosis. I mean, the dairy industry sold to us the fact that dairy would make your bones nice and strong, right? Due to the calcium. But the calcium is from a foreign species, meaning it's containing foreign enzymes because it's not assimilated by the human body. I mean, it would be if we were a calf, right? A baby calf, but not when we're a human. So your own calcium enzymes are pulled from your body to break down the foreign enzymes. So in the long run, you're actually losing calcium, meaning your bones are gonna be worse off than if you hadn't even had the dairy. So moving on, a milk is meant to grow a 35 kilo calf at birth, 30-ish kilos a month, okay? So it's no wonder why humans that have a lot of dairy have stubborn belly fat and have disproportionate shapes to their body. They're literally changing their body composition because they're drinking something which is meant to grow in, I guess, in reality, like a beast, like they're a large animal. If you've walked past a cow, they are huge. And all they're having when they're a tiny little calf is the breast milk from a mother. So it's unbelievable to think that you should be drinking that. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. I haven't scared you off. So, like I mentioned before, marketing. Marketing is the reason we pretty much even have dairy. So intensive and successful marketing by the dairy industry, including slogans like milk, it does a body good and got milk, have reinforced a broadly ingrained belief that dairy is good for our health. But it is not. Dairy has come under fire and scrutiny from nutritional experts, scientists and physicians for its association with a number of serious health issues. And even organic milk usually contains hormones. So, dairy is a significant source of the female hormone exposure. Commercial cow's milk contains large amounts of estrogen and proestrogen, which is a serious concern. This is further exacerbated by modern dairy cows being genetically altered to continuously produce milk, even throughout their repeated pregnancies. So even milk labeled organic or no hormones added usually contain high levels of these problematic hormones which are naturally produced by cows. Even if those cows have not 
been given any additional hormones for purposes of the product label. In both adults and children, milk consumption has resulted in increased levels of estradiol and proestrogen in blood and urine. And dairy consumption in general has been associated with increased levels of circulating estradiol. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Estradiol. I mean, I've heard people pronounce it like this, but I mean, there's pronunciations and enunciations that differ all around the world. So the data show that men who drink milk will absorb the estrogen in the milk, which has been found to result in significantly decreased testosterone production and levels of testosterone. Pediatricians have expressed concern regarding childhood exposure to the exogenous estrogens in commercial milk. Given studies showing that early sexual maturation in prepubescent children can be caused by the ordinary intake of cow's milk. A broad array of multi-centered peer-reviewed studies have also shown that dairy consumption is one of the most concerning and consistent risk factors for hormone-dependent malignant diseases including ovarian, uterine, breast, testicular and prostate cancers. Also, while there is a culturally popular idea that soy foods may be feminizing, several studies have found that isoflavins, the plant-derived compounds in soybean with estrogenic activity, do not exert feminizing effects on men, even at high consumption levels. Other studies have found that the soy food consumption is even protective against breast cancer. I think that we should be far more concerned about the high levels of real female sex hormones found in dairy, the consumption of which results in measurably higher circulating levels of these problematic hormones. So, secondly, casein from dairy results in an increased risk of cancer development. Casein is the main protein in dairy, and studies have shown that it facilitates the growth and development of cancer. In fact, some studies even found that cancer development could be controlled more by casein levels in diet than by exposure to the underlying carcinogen. Insulin light growth factor 1, or IGF-1, a hormone that promotes cell growth and division in both normal and cancer cells, is thought to be one of the mechanisms responsible for this association. IGF-1 appears to be nutritionally regulated, and animal protein consumption, including casein from dairy foods, leads to higher circulating levels of this cancer-promoting hormone. For this reason, consuming casein from dairy, as well as animal protein in general, is associated with increased risk of cancer development. So, doesn't look like you should be having dairy. So there are also a higher risk of type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis. This will be my last main point. There's a few ifies, but I don't want this to go too long because I want you to just take the main, main chunk of it away and go, you know what? Yep, that is disgusting. I do not want to have dairy anymore. Diabetes and multiple sclerosis. Our immune system normally protects us from the microbes and other harmful substances. But if it loses its ability to recognize and distinguish harmful substances from normal tissue cells, it can lead, sorry, it can instead mount attacks against our own bodies. These auto attacks can be triggered by exposure to foreign peptides, including animal protein fragments found in dairy, which have similarities to components in the human body. This can result in our immune system becoming confused and misidentifying tissue in our body as foreign and thus in need of being attacked and destroyed. So dairy is associated with increased risk of several immune-related disorders, from allergic conditions to autoimmune diseases, many being life-changing and difficult to treat. The association with type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis are 
particularly concerning, which I'll go into right now. So in type 1 diabetes, the immune system attacks the pancreas, resulting in the body no longer being able to produce insulin to regulate glucose. Multiple large-scale studies have identified an association between cow's milk consumption and increased prevalence of type 1 diabetes. One such study found that cow's milk may contain a triggering factor for the development of IDDM, and another found that early cow's milk exposure may be an important determinant of subsequent type 1 diabetes and may increase the risk by approximately 1.5 times. Also... Multiple sclerosis. In multiple sclerosis, the immune system attacks the insulating sheath of our own nervous system, resulting in a variety of difficult-to-treat and unpredictive neurological problems. As with type 1 diabetes, numerous studies have reported that cow's milk consumption may be a significant risk factor in developing MS. So, I will conclude it there. There are a whole bunch of other reasons like bone problems, antibiotic resistance, pesticides, and microorganism contaminations. However, these are the bulk of the reasons why dairy is scary, okay? But again, not to mention the reason why dairy is scary in the first place is because it's so unethical, so inhumane, and it's essentially just a disgusting disgusting industry which is exploiting another sentient being for profit. Now I could go into the environmental issues which are absolutely off chops but I will not because I don't believe that it is that necessary. So I want you to take these um, key messages away and really think about whether you want to be supporting this industry. Given the fact that there are so many alternatives to dairy, the alternatives to dairy are phenomenal. I mean, we can, sorry, we can get vegan ice cream now, we can get vegan cream cheese, vegan yogurt, vegan, pretty much vegan anything. I'm not saying eat these products on the reg, like the vegan ice creams, etc. unless they are made with coconut and they are very minimally processed. But there's also nut milks. You can make your own nut milks. It's unbelievably easy. There is no need to really have these dairy products. I might do another podcast where I say my best dairy alternatives. Essentially, all you're doing is just taking one little thing out of your diet. Yes, it's milk. Oop, sub it out with a nut milk. Yes, there's ice cream. Sub it out with a, a dairy-free ice cream. Yes, there's cheese. Get a, a cheese that's made from nuts. Cashew cheeses. Make your own cheeses. There are so many simple little swaps that you can do to avoid this industry and to stop this industry's absolute abhorrent behavior. Okay, so thank you so much for listening and I hope that you come back for next week's episode or it may be sooner than that because I've now bought myself a microphone and I have the ability to record in my own home which means I can just sit and record for a few hours on end and get some good content out to you. So Thank you so much. I'm Alexander Glover. You can find me on Instagram and in Kiama, the south coast of New South Wales. That was probably redundant unless you live here and want to just start shouting my name in the streets. Anyway, thank you so, so much, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.